0: Hello! Welcome to Infinite Stories, the weekly show that draws out the redemption and stories of people just like you and me. Let's dive into this week's interview. Nice. Man, you've taught me so much today. Thank you. Well, good. Thank you very much. Good. Well, thank you for coming to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm going to be as awkward as possible from the get-go, so then everything else is a lot easier. That's why I'm here. Good. Glad to hear it. What's your name? I'm Zach. Do I give
1: my last name? It's up to you. I'll be Zach G Zach or Zach G.
0: Graybeard. Graybeard. How about how oh, about that? That sounds awesome to me. <laughs> <laughs> Zach G. Zach Graybeard. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, today we are going to attempt uh, to pick apart the redemption that is kind of hidden in your story. Um, mm. I've personally done this in the past, and I like just to sit with people and talk about their story and see if we can draw out little pieces of the gospel narrative that's just kind of in there. Mm -hmm. So, um, don't be shy. You can be if you want to be, but um, whatever you feel like God wants you to share, go for it. There's no wrong answers. Okay. So, let's start from the beginning.
1: So, I was born...
0: Good.
2: Uh,
1: Good start. So I'm currently so I was born eighty six, so that would be I'm thirty seven, gonna be thirty eight in the summer. And I was brought up in a Christian home. I What's only, your
0: definition of Christian home?
1: Yeah. Things have changed so much, so I, I hate to, you know, do that kind of a thing, but mm-hmm. um there's not really any quotes. I mean, I was brought up in a my parents. Were, my dad was brought up Catholic. My mother was brought up Methodist. They got married Catholic. My mom would say she's been baptized three times, one in the Methodist church, one uh, Catholic to marry my dad, and then one where it was like I'm baptized because I'm proclaiming my faith to a body of believers. Mm-hmm. And Good. So I'm the youngest of four. And uh, so there was a... I guess my, my dad coming out of a Catholic background would be, uh, they became believers after my s- sister was born. So it's sister, sister, brother, me. And so after my second sister, um, they were, my dad's testimony would uh, be that they were, I I think convicted like at night and it was just like they were, you know, I don't know if it was a Jesus come to me in the middle of the night thing, but it Mm -hmm. was more of a, I don't know if they were plugged in with people at that time. And then there was that going on, but he definitely did not plug in with the Catholic scene. Mm -hmm. And then um, the church that I would have been brought up in was a non denominational Christian Bible church. Okay. So that's where, you know, I put that in, which is um, my entire homeschool education was a Becca, Christian curriculum uh, which would have been the that Southern Baptist
0: Southern Baptist Convention yeah Yeah, I believe so
1: so yeah I mean it was just a lot of Bible verses and Mm. Jesus loves me this I know and my brother and my second sister would have they came to me when I was probably like six and was like hey you know do you want to ask Jesus to come into your heart and I remember, I don't remember really anything from my childhood, but I do remember like hiding under a bed sheet while they were saying all this because it was kind of awkward, mm-hmm. but you know, like saying the prayer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Sinner's prayer. What's that?
0: Just the typical, I'm a sinner, you're a savior, I need your help. Okay. Come into my heart.
1: Yeah, so whatever that would have looked like to a six-year-old Zach. Okay. And then, um, but probably... Ten to thirteen years old. I can't really remember. I I just I vividly remember being in my bedroom and just being afraid of hell mm. and like knowing that I deserve that mm. for my sins. Yeah. Um. So that would have been yeah. Like I said, I mean I I have vague memories of everything else, but like um that would those would have been like two very vivid moments of like hey I remember that mm-hmm. and I remember that. And there was a peer, I can't remember how long it would have been, but I think one of the shortcomings of a Becca in the, uh, I guess their whole outlook that was a struggle for me as a kid was like one of my teachers said that unless you ask for forgiveness in each prayer, God, there's a brick wall between you and God. Yeah. So, like, that type of stuff hmm. was, like, you know, my childhood, dear Heavenly Father, please yep. forgive me my sins. And it just, it was very repetitive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd say my dad, probably in my 20s, kind of wrecked that paradigm and, like, you know, read Galatians until your ears bleed. You were, you know, forgiven on the cross and mm-hmm. you don't need to, you know, ask for forgiveness. And you can, but, um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of... Layers here. I'm trying to hmm. linear, you know, yeah. put in a line. But um, yeah, so that would be my early testimony, and then just not this past summer, but the previous summer, Aaron and I, my wife, we got baptized at our local church, and our oldest son, Jonathan, wow.
2: cool.
1: he got baptized, and then a year later, um, our daughter and our youngest son, they approached me and said, "Hey, we want to get baptized too." So well, praise God. Um, yeah, so that's just, I would say that, um, just like in photo editing, you can turn up the contrast mm-hmm. and see more black and white. I'd say I have a pretty gray life, Okay. but if I turn up the contrast, you know, for maybe this conversation, there's some things that I'm struggling with now relationally with mm-hmm. say family and um, brothers and sisters in the church and doctrine and, and stuff like that and um, yeah, I'd say there was some, yeah, just childhood, pretty low-key, mm-hmm. nothing major um, but just haven't had a, I, I've, from a, I was telling you earlier, I don't think I'm any more clean than the next guy and any dirtier than the next guy, but mm. I got a pretty boring, you do not Christian life. Life, well, but if I, what I'm saying, you, you know, like the just whatever you want to throw in on, like a story of, oh, hey, yeah. this person, you know, walked away from the faith. Mm-hmm. I have told people, you know, and I've always felt from a young age that if the Bible is not true, I don't need to be here,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's like, if, so for me. When people attack the scripture or God hmm. it's not um, it's more like heartbreaking for them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's not like a eh, yeah you don't get it it's just I'm really I've been wrestling out um, my own pride on because we all we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God hmm. so uh, just wrestling out and trying to manage a contrite heart while living in freedom mm-hmm. and living at peace that passes all understanding. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. So that's, good. That's, my, that's my life in a nutshell. It's a good start. So now where do we go that's from here? Huh?
0: <laughs> now we pick things apart. <laughs> okay. All right. So if you look back through your story, can you see any uh, guides that helped you along? Any mentors, any coaches, leaders, youth leaders? People? Yeah, people. Is there anybody that helped you um, Well,
1: growing up, uh, my youth group pastor had us watch, like, Liar Liar. <laughs> um, Why? Because um, that's what goes on in youth groups. Some. And there, so again, I, I, so I'd be, how old would I be? If I was a teenager, 13 years old, it would have been 1999. Um, It's a good year. Yeah, so is that right? I Don't know six. Yeah, 1999. So just that era. I think there's a lot of Generational, you know when when I do the quotes mm-hmm. the from what I see the youth leaders today and back then I'm. I mean, I'm not going to broad stroke. I mean, there could have just that could have been a really poor decision on that person's part. But Mm. just those. That's kind of a. That would be the one side of the spectrum of like, no, not a good leader. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is what you're kind of told is, hey, this is a safe space to be in, and then you go and you watch a movie that's you know utterly vile in a church setting, Mm -hmm. and then. I would say probably my dad is -hmm. probably uh, there's been a a a a journey and but yeah I'd say probably the most spiritual conversations I've had are with my dad and there have been a lot of good ones there have been a lot of weird ones there's been a lot of bad ones but Mm -hmm. I'd say overall I probably value that the most
0: Mm -hmm. are there Um, any key conversations that came to your mind as you were thinking about that
1: the The forgiveness thing that was a huge like unshackling
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and I was thinking about it you know this 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 redemption thing that you're you're talking about um, if there's like a hallmark movie version of redemption on like you know bad person you know coming to the faith or whatever it is, mm. there have been a lot of redeeming things that I would say a a a more dense comprehension of the gospel has freed me spiritually, hmm. but there's still a lot of um, flesh I'm battling. Good. And that is really the only good answer. Like when you said, Hey, are there any mentors or anything? It's it's mm-hmm. really the scripture has answered everything hmm. uh, because I feel like it's hard to, cut through doctrine, theology, opinions, people's lifestyles to say like I want to I want an answer so I can start doing that thing mm-hmm. and I'm kind of wired to like if I'm doing something weird today th- there are bad habits that I have. Yeah. We all have bad habits. Of course. But there are some that are like I can I, this is just um uh, repentance. Repent I've always thought that repentance is is a word that is you're sorry for something, but Mm -hmm. it's not, it's you've changed your mind. Mm. So repent and believe the gospel, change your mind and believe the gospel. And, and if it means that you're repent, you're changing your mind that you're a sinner that can include asking for forgiveness Mm -hmm. for things that you've done, but just changing your mind. There's been a lot of, um, I think it's second Corinthians five, it talks about the the godly sorrow, mm. where Paul writes a letter to the Corinthians, hey, I'd shoot you out, I'm glad you're sorrowful, but not that you stay that way, because I want you to have godly sorrow, because godly sorrow leads to repentance, worldly sorrow leads to death. And I think there's been a lot of, um, I, I, I don't want to say a huge struggle with the worldly sorrow, but definitely the godly sorrow has changed my mind. Hmm. on a lot of topics where I'm like why why do I do this thing. I was just talking to my boys in the car on the way home from work and we were talking about meekness. I didn't even know what the word meek meant until a couple of years ago. Hmm. I thought it was oh that nice meek, you know, man or something. It was like oh, very I always thought it was weak. Yep. But um it's it's almost it's really hard to explain meekness. But if you do understand meekness and you apply it to God, you can understand how that's grace Mm
2: -hmm.
1: unfolding is he does have the ability to pour out wrath and judgment. Mm -hmm. And he's totally justified in doing that, but choosing not to. Mm -hmm. And so that has changed my view and unshackled the like version versus, you know, it changes how you view god
2: mm-hmm.
1: not to be like hey suits me but yeah that's been that's been a a big i would say redemption from an old thinking
2: mm-hmm.
1: so the conversations like with my dad that the forgiveness thing is just this is very um compulsory it's mm-hmm. very it's necessary sh- sh- well i'm saying that like Asking for forgiveness. If you are, oh, if you're yes. sorry, say you. You know, ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It has already been forgiven. I would put that in the category now of having a contrite heart
2: mm-hmm.
1: versus an un a uh, a a non remorseful heart. Mm-hmm. So that has really changed. So,
0: hmm. mm-hmm. so would you say scripture? And the Holy Spirit has played more of a mentoring role than most other humans, besides your father.
1: Yeah, and that is because people change. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know, you know, that youth pastor, whatever his role was at that time in my life, and it. I mean, it was. I I went several times, and you know, our church kind of recognized what was going on there, so it was not like, yeah, you don't need to go that go to that anymore, but. You know, I went to like Bible camps growing up and I I did enjoy things like that. I really really liked missionaries. Why? Um it was just cool to see somebody's like entire I don't want to say occupation, but like what they did mm. was serving and it was in the you're not serving lunch. You're you're doing something,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's around. We are here to serve to teach the gospel, and I don't know. There was just some element of like, huh, this is what you get to think about all day. Mm-hmm. But then I would say another redemptive aspect of getting stuck in that box is like, oh, hey, you're not you're not doing enough for God unless it, you know it, you can't be a minor. And, you know, be serving God, you know, do you need to go and quit your job or something? I mean, we print balloons Mm. and I've struggled with that for years. Why are we, you know, printing garbage? But it's like, well, there are people that do all kinds of things Mm. and you can serve God in what you do. I mean, there's, it's, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And if Mm. you happen to be a victim of sex trafficking to, you know, writing, thank you cards for a church if that's the spectrum of like the type of work that can serve god mm-hmm. this one is very difficult this one can get boring maybe mm-hmm. so there is freedom in doing whatever you do you i guess i get calmed down thinking of joseph which You're, one uh, any with uh, um, who would it be Jacob's son, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. just with in in Egypt. Yep, is you have this bad circumstance, but I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a good job. Yep, and I may have I may be in prison right now. I may be being falsely accused, but I'm okay. Mm-hmm. God's got me.
2: Yeah.
1: And so yeah, just being redeemed from being frustrated with where I'm at. Mm. I'm free from that. It's okay. We 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 have so much freedom in. In Christ, it doesn't mean you're free to go. Uh, rather, you are free to all things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. So, you are free to do things. Hmm. So, now I'm actually kind of looking at, like, oh, wow, how great is freedom? You know, like, like in this country, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, like the whole Absolutely. America thing, we all, not we all, in this country, it's very freedom, freedom, freedom. Hmm. I will die for my freedom, I'll die for the next person's freedom. But America doesn't give you freedom no. America is a government it's an idea and Everybody's got a different idea. We don't all have the same idea of America
2: mm.
1: But we should ha- be all unified on the idea of who Jesus is mm-hmm. And what his role is in our life and he's the only mm-hmm. one that actually gives legitimate freedom so being free from having to um be affiliated with a political party mm. or an ideology. I don't have to do that. Mm. I'm free from that. I don't have to be in the in an area of, and that's I think why the missionary thing was is cool because mm. um, you do cross borders. Oh yeah, and have to. Well, and you you have to change your thinking because if you go into another country thinking, oh, I'm going to take this America concept
2: mm
0: <laughs> Good luck.
1: Yeah, but you can take the gospel anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Universal. Yes. For sure. So. Awesome. You said that the salvation moment under the blanket, right? Um, how did that carry forward to where you are now? Like, obviously, as a six-year-old, I didn't understand Many things, let mm-hmm. alone the gospel. I, I have a similar uh, scenario, but I was sixth grade, and still I would say it was a lot stupider than most six-year-olds at that point. Mm-hmm. How did the gospel carry on through your years? Uh, I would
1: say that I didn't even... If you were to say, Zach, what is the gospel to me four years ago? Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Meaning the word the gospel... Mm-hmm. Ulangelion, however you pronounce that, the good news, like breaking it down and saying in two or three sentences, what is the gospel? I would not be able to tell you. To me, it was Jesus died for our sins, Mm -hmm. we're sinners, and we can be with him by believing in him. If that is labeled the gospel, then I guess that was... The whole thing, but it was like, everybody keeps saying this word, the gospel, the gospel. Oh, we're going to read from the gospels today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I do like just the, 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 the nomenclature of like what that is. And this definition of this term is this. Um, yeah, it was, it was always very simple and understandable and, um, my, my siblings always complain that um, I got out of punishment for, you know, being a kid. Because when smart? my mom, well, when, if I would do something bad, you know, my mom would be like, you know, what am I going to do with you? And I was like, I was just really upset with myself. And I'd be like, you know, throw me in a trash can. And I was like, legitimate. I was like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Mm. And I knew that I knew that I could be forgiven, but not at the extent it was kind of like life started with me mm-hmm. versus uh, God demonstrates his love for us. that while, And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, as an adult, getting that and understanding that is just so much more powerful than this simple like, oh, hey life started with me and like I did this bad thing. So I have to say, I'm sorry. It's like he, he paid for all that on the cross way before I was born. Yes, he did. And so just being okay with that. And again, just through the years wrapping my mind around um, that, that wasn't some, you know, manly thing to do. And this sinner's prayer type of thing. It was, it was a love. It was a, I've told people when you get married, you understand your relationship between Christ and the church when you get when you have kids you start understanding the uh the relationship between God and us mm-hmm. meaning like as children because your kids do really foolish things mm-hmm. but you never ever ever will stop loving them and you don't want them to do things that hurt them or others so you admonish them and you train them but you're not doing it out of like i i want you 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 understand what i'm saying like mm-hmm. understanding that parental love um is difficult or has gotten more understandable mm-hmm. in me so from that bedsheet thing i don't know there were a lot of
0: Like, going into marriage and starting a family and everything, God was just at the center of all that? There was no problems?
1: You know, when I... So, I had one girlfriend before Aaron Mm -hmm. for a week. We, like, never saw each other. It was, you know, I was homeschooled. So, I went to band at the, the local public school, played sports. Nice. And... But I was more awkward because I was the guy, like when Instant Messenger came out, I don't know if you know what America Online is, but that was like Mm -hmm. the, you know, it was Instant Messenger was like you can chat with somebody through the computer. Mm -hmm. And so I would, you know, when you talk to some girl from school, I'd be the guy going, are you a little Christ? you know, like Christian, you know, I'm like that <laughs> dork, like trying to witness to, you know, people like doing this kind of stuff.
0: That's amazing.
1: Because, you know, just at, as a young kid, I was just convicted. I'm like, well, I got to tell these people about Jesus. and I, I And I've always wrestled with I'm not good at this. Mm. And it wasn't necessarily a skill. So I've just like had a conviction of, you know, bring it up, not bring it up. How do I bring it up? Am I the reason this person thinks this is stupid? Mm. And... So, um, that, yeah, I had, I didn't know, like getting into my later teenage years as a senior, it was, oh, hey, am I ever going to get married? Who am I going to get married to? And so there was that girl in high school, and she ended up telling me, hey, I've got the hots for this other guy. Well, they're still married today. So I'm like, sweet. And it was thanks to you. Um, well, no. Because all these other girls that like, oh, hey, I could, I always saw, is like, I didn't want to date anybody. I just wanted to be married. Mm-hmm. I just was like, I was always visually placing myself with somebody, but the, there was always, there was nothing spiritually there. Mm. So there was nobody like in my In fact, one girl that I did want to like get married to, I was witnessing to her and she was just like, no, I don't get into this. And I was just like, it was it's weird. It's very very weird because you've kind of like fallen in love with this person and they're like no I don't get into this and So when I met Aaron at a local home church um, she We through this so we met when I was a senior after I graduated well We met before I graduated from high school, but then we hung out the whole summer before I went to Iowa State and by the end of the summer, we had grown attached to each other, but she had made a promise to God that she wasn't gonna date somebody for a year. Hmm. And I was like, Hey, that's annoying, but I'll respect that. And um and it was a Zach before me. <sighs> so that was weird. How did she know? Yeah. So there what? but I remember it was like Labor Day weekend, we were at a gas station, we were in a car, and I just said, Hey, If you want to keep doing this, like, you know, if we're going to do this, I don't want to play around. We're, we have to build this on a godly foundation Mm. other, and we can't have like this. Oh, that was the last fight. And then it ends. I said, we're going to argue, we're going to fight. But if we are not grounded spiritually, I'm not interested. Mm. And so Aaron's a lot more mature now. I am also, I'm not going to say that, you know, there's this thing, um, but uh, there was definitely a um, an understanding in the beginning with us. And, yeah, so we dated for 10 months. No, it would have been February to... July, so we dated from February first, officially dated February first until July eighteenth and then we got married the following may, and just again, I was just like i don't I just want to be married I don't want any history with anybody else mm-hmm. and so um, so no, there wasn't
0: yeah, you know. and as soon as kids came, God was clearly at the center of all of that.
1: Well, would you not say that it's fair to say that God is not at the center of everybody's life? We oh, yeah. aim for it. I mean, it's kind of like a a bubble and a level. You know, mm-hmm. we're kind of teeter tottering back. There are times where it's like, yeah, this is all I need. You satisfy that, but mm-hmm. we just our flesh sways us this way and then sways us back. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know how centered um, it could be. I mean, there's, yeah. There's a lot of, there, you have to grow up, like you have to go through a process. You don't, you're not a hundred year old sturdy Oak, you know, in five years, it takes a hundred years to grow that tree. Hmm. And so there's a lot, you know, the Zach that I met, like I look at photos and I go, man, what a moron, you know, you can
0: tell that from a photo.
1: Yeah, just like just, just I remember what I remember what I was thinking at the time, you know, when we first got married mm-hmm. and all the ideas and you know, just I I remember, um, you know how internet works where like you have a uh, if you have internet coming in and they save a trunk that is just for your phone line.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's kind of like where I'm at or I've always been. I feel which is there's all this stuff going on in my life, but there's always like this, you know, you can't take this away from me or don't. Mm -hmm. And so like I, I can change really easy if there's a conviction Mm -hmm. and I, I, I've not, I don't think I've kind of looked for ways to justify what I'm doing spiritually. Um, But now it's interesting. I've told my kids, if you have no money, and you go from zero to something ten dollars a hundred dollars it's a huge thing if you go from zero to or if you go from ten to ten thousand it's a huge thing ten to fifty thousand hundred thousand whatever it is when you get to a certain amount of money it loses all of its flavor because it's it's an infinite there's no end to the amount of that so like the verse that says those who lust after silver will never be satisfied with it mm. you know in almost 40 years of life, accumulating just stuff, it's all going to burn. Mm. And really understanding what that means, meaning when you move time and time again and you go and help other people move and you just realize your mortality with time. So the more you live, the now I'm at a... Do we need more stuff? Do we want more stuff? Like we got to go to work, and what are we gonna? You know, it, I mean, the Bible says, "He who does not work shall also not eat." So we, we, you know, this is you know the things that we do are, we're to be good stewards with that, mm-hmm. and you know we've been given talents, and we can look at that salvifically, or we can look at it, and look at it as our work ethic. Just God being the center is more like the center has gotten bigger.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: meaning God and his glory can be a bigger target instead of like, oh, you can you can only serve God if you're like doing this little tiny target.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: God is a huge target. Oh, yeah. In fact, it just kind of dawned on me like two days ago, you know, this whole, um, you ever have people in your life say like, oh, well, God, if God's good, then why did he let this bad thing happen? You know, oh, I got cancer, or my, my kid mm-hmm. died, or my grandma died, or my mom died, or it's, you know, it's typically around death or major injuries or poverty or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was telling a mutual friend of ours that it dawned on me, like that whole argument, God, the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Well, three and Deuteronomy, but there's mm-hmm. a fourth one in the New Testament. But the point is just love God. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants. He wants your heart. Because he already loves you. So where, where is the, like, the reciprocity when somebody says, why would God do this to me? That's not the deal. That's not the contract. The deal is he loved us first, mm-hmm. and he desires for us to love him back getting stuff, being healthy, getting all the stuff that we want is not a part of the deal, nor is there any joy in it. Hmm. So that's where the time, you know, God, again, God being the center, I'm seeing that I think this this wrong paradigm of, you know, is God the center of your life? Well, if you make that ring really small, I think a lot of people get, you know, kind of like, well, is there anything out here, you know, can I do I can I do anything other than, you know, hmm. do Yeah, you can do everything. You can glorify him in everything because there are people that you can work for, you can employ, you can see at a restaurant, you can see on a vacation, you can see at school, you can see at your church. Uh everybody needs God and hmm. they need him more than they are and Everybody needs help at every stage of their life. There's not a group of people that are like, well, you know, you keep going to church here. You, you know, have an easy job here. You know, these are actually the people that need help. These people need just as much help as those people.
2: Hmm.
1: And everybody needs help. And and the only fix is God. And the only way to understand God is to read his word because our opinions of him don't matter. This Hmm. is the word, his word if we believe that. And so, yeah, was God at the center of us having kids? Um, I'll tell you this, you know, early on when we were, we, so we, this is, again, like repentance, mm. kids. Kids have been brought up. So we're 37 years old. We have uh, two 13-year-olds and a 10-year-old. And we built this house, we moved, we bought land, we moved a business, we've done all of this stuff. And I, you know, I just brought this up with my wife many weeks ago, and I go, did we ever have the conversation about having more kids? Like, where did, where did that go? And why, why did, one, why did we not start having kids at the, you know, the, when, when you say, hey, when you had kids, was God at the center? I would say no. It was our plans. It was our thoughts. It was our Mm. fears. And now I can't rewind the clock. Mm. And I'm realizing now how much the world has believers captivated with fear. Mm. There is nothing in the scripture about children being a problem. But the world tells us, you're too young. You're too old. You have a career. How many are you going to have? Can you handle it? Mm-hmm. What's going to go on? Oh, you could have this. You could have... It's just all of the... just. There's nothing in our culture that says that children are a blessing. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge list. But the Bible says that children are a blessing. End of story. Go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. Multiply. Mm-hmm. And and being fearful of like well is that like you know a is that an old book is that just is that what they did back then no we should do it now and this is where like okay here's my short political rant the bible says go forth be fruitful and multiply hmm. everybody says like oh we're overpopulated and you know we need we need to have mass reduction in human life, which is just like, so which form of death are we going to take people from abortion to eugenics to, you know, unnecessary eaters Mm. as the elderly. Uh, And it's like, get rid of people. But then when people like Elon Musk get out a calculator and a, a a very small statistic, it's the world population is declining rapidly and people actually need to have baby. Oh, we need to have kids. Now everybody listens to this guy
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Instead of this, and nobody's making that connection. Mm-hmm. So, was God at the center of us having kids? No, we got two on the first shot. Oh, uh, but bad. I will say that, you know, back then we were using contraceptive, mm-hmm. and Aaron was on the pill. And then I just go, how does this work? And I don't know if we read it or looked it up because Google. I don't know how old Google is, but anyway, it was a <laughs> the pill makes your the lining of your uterus not sticky, mm-hmm. meaning you have an, a a fertilized egg get dumped in there. And, I mean, a person get mm-hmm. needs a place to grow in a woman. Uh, there's no, it it won't stick, mm-hmm. and so we're like we need to get this out of our lives right now because that's not okay. And so, uh, but now fast forward, I was just having another discussion with a mutual friend on contraceptives. And my opinion has changed, not on the pill, but on other forms. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of decision that I want to make. That is, have I just been blind or too lazy to look up, why do I do what I do? Mm-hmm. And with with regards to kids, the whole spectrum has been out there how many, when, the gap between them, um, you know, all of that to when do we stop? So, yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's we, we're, we are free to learn, we're free to repent, we're free to. You know, and, and I guess that I would see the redemption in that, which is, you know, having the guilt about something. If you're convicted about it, do it. If you're convicted and you don't do something about it, you know, that's where scripture does get involved. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Am I doing this
0: okay? I think you're nailing this. Okay. Absolutely. Sweet. Sweet. I don't I don't grade people okay. on their skills. I mean okay. if I was, it'd be a pretty high, yeah. but I'm not gonna okay. put a number that, out you
1: there. You don't have to do that. But. God's not a respecter of persons either. I think that... Where is that? It's either James... I think it's James.
0: He's not a what?
1: A respecter of persons. You know the whole like... If you have... You know like people buying seats in the in the church. Mm-hmm. You know like the poor sitting in the back oh, or whatever. yes, yes. Yeah, Partiality. God, yeah, yes, God is yes. not a respecter of per- So like you don't...
0: Just never heard yeah. the word respecter like It that.
1: may be a translation thing. Mm. Yeah. The message. I don't know. I honestly don't know.
0: I'll have to look into that. Mm-hmm. Well, we're nearing the end. No, uh, let's I, keep going. I, I'm not saying it's done, done. Okay. But, like, we're kind of turning the corner. Okay. Um, you mentioned uh, talking about how you've been wrestling recently with uh, your job being worthwhile, mm-hmm. right? You talked about missionary work being really mm-hmm. appealing to you, and you also said that you make trash. Mm-hmm is that redeemable? What you do is, is God redeeming that? Um, what do you do? So
1: I, my parents started a business when I was in my mother's womb. So 37 years ago, and it was to print on toy balloons. So like, you know, balloons that say happy birthday or, you know, something at a fair, we print on those million, tens of millions of balloons in the last 40 years and uh small business but just very very unique and so I went to college in 2000 I've always wanted to work it and run it and own it ever since I was a kid and it you know I didn't have ownership ambitions back then but it was just like I I grew up in it hmm. it was I've never not known it and so I I didn't want to go to college but You know, being a homeschooler, my parents were like, you got to learn how to live alone, so this is a safe place to do it. And I don't disagree with it, uh, but I left in 2007 in spring semester. I came back to work uh, at the factory over spring break, and um, there there was no family member managing it at the time. And I just came back, and people were... Goofing off and ruining orders and it was just like this is not how this is supposed to run And so we had you know several discussions in the coming days and it was you know firing people and Turning in my withdrawal papers at Iowa State and saying hey, I hate college. Anyway, I'll just come back and work I'm engaged to my future wife. So we're getting married in three months I don't care so you're like, okay, so I've been there ever since. that would have been two thousand and seven. So this will be my seventeenth year. Wow. And before that I were I drove the city bus at Ames or at, at Iowa State. Mm. So I've only had two jobs. I worked at at the factory as a kid, drove a city bus, and then I've managed it ever since. And the company's gone through a lot of different. Things, But when I came back all we printed were balloons that was it 100% Mm. we printed 9 inch 11 inch 14 16 17 24 36 5 foot and 7 foot balloons and then foil balloons like you'd get at the grocery store Mm. and Everything was custom printed. It was a a system. My my parents just put together a very very um, profitable system and i just managed it but then shortly after i got back i just wanted to do additional things cuz they were running other businesses outside of that and i'm like okay well this is under control i'm managing it but now you know what else can we print on mm. and so we've so from 2000 we bought a candy company in 2008 and it packaged candy Uh, we, now we got rid of that. Uh, we ran that for about 10 years and we, uh, we print on plastic cups. We printed on napkins for about 10 years and, uh, we bought a laser engraving company. So we make signs and name badges and, um, I fabricate things out of plastic. Um, and then when COVID hit, we had nothing to do or we got into awards like engraving into awards. And I'm, I'm trying to paint this diverse picture to see that all of these things are, uh, my dad said that he always liked balloons because they were repeatable. Mm. So from a, you know, saying that in the eighties, that's a really smart business thing. But from a, you know, Oh, balloons are choking turtles. And you know, Oh, you sell me a product that is worthless in eight hours. Cause a balloon floats for the party and then you got to throw it away. You know, that always kind of rubbed me weird, but I'm like, well, I guess that's smart. And, but now everybody is into sustainable and eco and whatever. I mean, a balloon biodegrades. Um, but it's no matter what you make, it's garbage. If you make excavators, they're garbage. Like you will use them for their lifespan and then there will be a new one that replaces them. So you can render it. It sits in a junkyard. So I'd say that struggling with the, Oh, Hey, we're filling landfills. um, I'm at peace about it because there's a responsible way to throw away garbage. And if you go to other countries and I won't name them, but uh, it is eat a candy wrap, eat a candy bar and you throw the wrapper on the road. You don't do that in America mm-hmm. and there are people that do that, but people go around and they pick it up cause they go, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. They don't do that in a lot of countries, a lot of countries. Mm. And so I'm free from, Oh, Hey, is this a problem? Uh, I'd say the biggest struggle in my line of work is, uh, turning down orders because of what to print on it. Mm. And because, you know, you roof somebody's house, you don't know if they have sex trafficked slaves in their basement. You know, mm-hmm. it's just you're on the roof. Yeah. Uh, or a doctor, you know, is addicted to porn or something. You don't know that. But when somebody wants to print a message to promote their idea that you don't agree with, you know, going through the whole bake the cake scenario, that's stressful. But I have... Uh, I'm just at peace about that too because if 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 us not printing something and I don't go and seek it out it's just hey we don't you know make hats for Planned Parenthood I wrote that email but before we sent it me and my wife prayed about it just you know Lord please take this away and just keep them away from us and it was a very short email hey unfortunately we don't do work for Planned Parenthood never heard anything so I think there's protection in that Um are you talking like contrast in the printing garbage thing versus mission work
0: across the board? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would say, I mean, I'm a pilot. So the mission work thing has been like, Hey, is there a need? Mm. I don't, you know, I've always gotten into aviation and, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to get into it. Uh, but I just don't know how to use it. And, um, I'd say that I've, I've, grown more patient with when God's gonna use me because you can be you know there's a saying in manufacturing if you've got time to lean you've got time to clean so if you're just standing around with your hands in your pockets you're a very unproductive person Mm. where if the machines running or there's we're caught up for the day go get a broom go wash the bathroom Mm -hmm. go wash the windows so if God doesn't have anything for me right now somewhere else, I'm not going to sit around and pout about it. It's I'm going to be productive with my time. Mm. And if, you know, the optics of that to brothers and sisters in the belief are, you know, oh, hey, you know, you're doing this stuff. I I mean, this new business that we're, we're starting, I've got Joshua 1-9 all over everything. And that's more for me, not for anybody else. It's just I want to keep... I want what I do, no matter what I do, to be. Um, I want to be reminded that I don't want to be ambitious to the point where I forget how fearful I was on do I do this or do I not? Hmm. Because as that verse says, you know, have I not commanded you be courageous? I'll be with you wherever you go. I'm, I mean, that's a paraphrase of the verse, but hmm. that I will be with you wherever you go is the key part for me is we are free to fail. Everybody, you can try your business, try your mission, try your whatever. If it works, cool. If it doesn't, learn from it. You're not abandoned. Hmm. And that is, you know, being free from the, oh, you failed, it doesn't work. Cool. Failure is a part of life. The ultimate failure is not believing in God and not believing that Jesus died for you on the cross. That is a humongous failure. Everything short of that doesn't matter. Not having food, not paying your mortgage, your wife dying, you dying, your kid dying, anything. None of that matters. So... Yeah, I don't. I, I'm. I'm. I would like to have more proactivity from myself to do things with people in the international body, hmm. um, and we've started to do that. I mean, when we first got married, it was you know, cut a check to Moody Bible Institute. Uh, but that's just because my parents did that. And I didn't know where it was going or what they did. And, um, and we would listen to them, the, you know, the Erwin Lutzer on the radio sometimes. Um, I was like, I don't know where this money's going. And so we just stopped. But now recently uh, we've been plugged in with a woman in Tanzania. And uh, she is rescuing young girls who are being sold as wives in the Maasai tribes. Hmm. And like we text her, she's doing it underground, and she needs help and it is she was sold as a- as a bride at twelve, had her first kid at twelve and and that's her oldest daughter now she doesn't even know how old she is uh to the you know whatever but her her daughter is like nineteen or twenty, so um she'd be in her early thirties. Does that make sense? yeah early thirties and she's helping her now, but just, you know, getting the pictures from them and, um, you know, we've talked about going over there with, you know, a group of guys and, uh, just going through the struggle of trying to be there for somebody with our mortal needs, Mm. money, food, shelter. Those are key. um, But to hear her testimony on how joyful she is in her actual struggles, we had a video conference with her with the four guys. So the four guys are looking at the laptop, and all of our wives are behind the computer, and she can't see them. And she's talking about these stories that just happen to her all the time. And one of them was she got a new girl that was like five years old, and she had heart problems. And she has like barely any money to feed the other five girls at home. And So she's at the hospital and they're telling her how much it is and she's like It's either the heart of the one girl or feed the other five and she's like Jesus. You're you got to figure this out And so she fed the one girl and the heart problem went away. She was just malnourished so uh, And just her and you just you know the guys can see her and all of our wives our wives are just weeping silently and I think all of us just had this like, wow, these are actual problems. Mm -hmm. These are actual problems, not, you know, getting a bonus or, you know, not getting extra queso on my burrito or, you know, my show got canceled or whatever, or flat tire. They, those aren't problems. Those are situations. Mm. And we, as a, as a body of believers, I don't even want to look at her, her name's Indinga. I don't want to look at Indinga and say, oh, she's more important than somebody in even my own body, in my own local body or my kids. Mm-hmm. And we were just reading, um, what, uh, where was it? It may have been Thessalonians, but it was talking about the the leaders in the church and like kind of, you know, hey, there's elders and, it was just a list of... It was, it's in like the spiritual gifts thing. It may be Second Corinthians. But anyway, it was saying that everybody needs to struggle with the brother or sister struggling. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to be joyous with the brother or sister who has joy or had a success or something. We're to be unified. If somebody had something good happen, great. If somebody's struggling with something, we're all supposed to be struggling with them. Mm. And it's not just, oh, I'll lift you up in prayer. It's we, we can turn our businesses into helping people. And I don't have to sell a different product other than a balloon to do that. Mm. I can change that tomorrow. And I've been really convicted this year to just be more thankful for what I have versus trying to get a different version that I think is holier. Mm. I don't need to sell a more moral product than balloons to serve God.
2: Hmm.
1: I can. He, that's how he provided it. He provided that job. He provided my parents. He provided that role. He's given me all the responsibilities that I've had. And if I sit here and go, no, I think I should have a different version of this, that's pride on my part. Hmm. <clears throat> so I'd say that that I've been redeemed in that thinking that, again, just God's target is so much bigger than... It's depicted to us. Hmm. You can do all things through Christ because He's the one that gives us the strength. People take that verse and go, Oh, I can jump out of an airplane without a parachute and He's going to save me. No, it's you can be a billionaire. You can be without anything.
2: Hmm.
1: God is the one energizing you. So if you're not energized by Christ as, with billions of dollars, you're not working for Him. Mm-hmm. And if you are cursing God on the street with nothing, it doesn't matter what you have you're going to curse him with something if if you see what i mean yeah so yeah everybody needs god everybody needs jesus everybody needs the holy spirit and it is um yeah there's a lot of work to do with our mouths and with our hands uh to show people that we're joyous in it and if I walk around and complain about everything in my life and I'm a believer,
2: hmm.
1: nobody not believing is going to say, oh, yeah, I really, want, I, I really want what that guy has. If we can revel, not revel, if we can proclaim Christ in our problems, when they have a problem, who are they going to go to? Are they going to go back to the bar? Are they going to go back to the drugs? Are they going to go back to the content online? Or are they going to say, I want that guy's joy. Hmm. I want that guy's peace. Yes. I want that guy's marriage in the sense that this, you know, like our marriage. Aaron and I's marriage is 10,000 times better than it was two years ago. But it's still a mess. Mm -hmm. It's still a mess.
0: It's constantly being redeemed. Yes.
1: And you know i i was just telling my boys tonight i said it is your guys's responsibility to not make the same mistakes that i did you have seen me fail as your father you've seen me fail as a husband and i'm telling you right now i'm sorry i have sinned i have fallen short you guys will know better
2: hmm.
1: it's in your guys's life I'm, t- I'm being on- like I'm very honest with my kids at 13 and 10 and just their whole life. I've, I've just I've, I've been just the true content. I don't I don't dumb it down. I don't kid it down for them. And um, I think a huge shortcoming in previous generations is not confessing our sins to one another. Mm-hmm. And I fail at that. But I am forcing myself. And it is so freeing to see that your kids can watch you fail Mm. as a father and as a a husband and as a wife and as a mother. And when they see that they're a part of the accountability process and you're including them, like Mm. they didn't have to come unto you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is uh, redemptive in why are we doing this? We're not doing it because we're moral people we're doing it because we were told by Christ to do that Mm. and that there's joy and peace in that.
0: Absolutely. Man, you're good at podcasts. You should do this more often.
1: Okay. Well, let's keep doing it.
0: Okay. Okay. Who knows? Maybe you'll get around to, okay. Yeah. See, but I have one question for you. If you could capture like the tagline of your life of, you could sum up everything in one sentence. What would you say?
1: Um, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And if there was any, you know, explanation towards that, uh, I don't. I don't like seeing my kids upset. I don't like seeing them beat themselves up, and I just I you know me when i'm i'm goofy i like seeing people smile i like seeing people happy and it's i just there are so many good things and we we count all the bad Mm. so i just i want to i don't want to sit around and and mope and i don't want to come up with you know something of my own tongue and my own thoughts i've heard testimonies from people there was a guy in Hezbollah or something, and he heard somebody say "love your enemies," and he said, "Whoever said that is God, hmm. because that's not the thoughts of man." So, wow, you know, scripture is powerful,
2: hmm. and it has to be,
1: yeah. And faith comes from hearing. Hmm. So, if somebody is not having a good day, it's not—it's not just oh, the sun's out and. Everything's great It's this is the day That the Lord has made I will rejoice And be glad in it No matter what's going on I just I just want I, Yeah Yeah The joy of the Lord Is it the joy of the Lord Is our strength mm-hmm. Or is it the fear of the Lord The joy of the Lord The fear Lord? of the Lord
0: Is the beginning of wisdom Yeah the joy of the Lord yeah. Is our strength Yeah, yeah Absolutely mm-hmm. Well thank you for your time Yeah Thanks for telling your fun. story Yeah Cool Can we end on a high five
2: no, yeah. <laughs> that was good.
1: One. That felt good. My fingers are tingling. Yeah, I can't feel <laughs> like three of my fingers,
0: they're kind of numb. So, we must have done it right. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If this story inspired you, please share it with someone you care about. I'm sure someone you know needs to be encouraged or even challenged. If you haven't shared your story yet with the world, there's no better time than now. Go visit our website at Infinite Ideas, Inc., and we'd love to help you get started. Remember, keep telling your story. You never know who you'll have an infinite impact on. Until next time.